What is going on, everybody? This is Mike Hughes, and you're listening to Mike on the Mic, everything sports-related podcast. Today is June 13th, 2021, on a beautiful Sunday. The Chicago Cubs are on their way to sweep the St. Louis Cardinals. We love to hear it, um, but that is one of the many things we'll be talking about in this video today. Today's video is titled The Last Dance, and why it's titled The Last Dance is because I've been waiting to talk about the Chicago Cubs for a very long time now. Um, I wanted to take a little bit. Like I said, it is June 13th. The season started on April 1st. Um, So, you know, we haven't really talked about them since spring training. Why is that? Um, Well, not only do I work at Wrigley Field, but I've also just been very busy with, you know, the NBA playoffs with Justin Fields, with so many other things. But the main reason was I wanted to see what this team really was. I wanted to, you know, we've already had the conversations about the potential last dance, potentially, you know, selling at the trade deadline, buying at the trade deadline. What are we going to do with that? What's going to happen with the future of David Ross and so much more with Jed Hoyer taking over for Theo Epstein, uh, David Ross taking over for Joe Madden and, and so on and so forth. Um, so I really wanted to see, you know, by this time, you know, mid-June going into July, you know which teams are real and which teams aren't. You have the sleepers like the San Francisco Giants, who honestly, in my opinion, I thought were going into a rebuild kind of mode. Um, for the last few years, they have been, and, and they, they have come along a lot quicker than you, we all thought. I mean, it, it's just the truth of the matter. We'll get into that in a little bit. Um, but the Chicago Cubs were the case where I wanted to see how these guys were going to continue to perform, you know, two, two and a half to three months into the season. Um, and they are without a doubt exceeding expectations by many people, by a large margin. Um, there's a lot of Chris Bryant fans back in Chicago after a very long time of people doubting him. Um, I was one of those people that did, were, were questioning, you know, how good he was going to be when fully healthy, you know, because it's been so long since he's been fully healthy and knock on wood because... We want to continue to see him flourish, and he's an MVP candidate right now, and we're going to get into all of it. Um, But yeah, so basically, to sum it up, you already understand, we really just wanted to see, I really just wanted to see, I should say, what this team really was before I go out there saying, you know, sell everybody and do this at the deadline, or we we need to keep running it back, we need to keep these guys together. You know, I've already made my predictions about all that stuff, Um, and if you want to see further videos like that, Go look back. Me and Kevin Lopka have amazing conversations about it. Um, But it's just the fact that once you see it in person, you know, I've been in a few games. Like I said, I work at Wrigley Field, so I I get to catch a good amount of games. I get to see them practice. I get to do all that stuff. Um, And and it's just a great atmosphere right now. And, And that's what I wanted to see. I wanted to see this culture before you know, I just make an idea or, or a statement, a premature statement saying, oh, we need to do this or that. So with that being said, let's discuss it. This video is titled The Last Dance for a reason. We're going to be getting into it right now. Um, let's just talk about it. I mean, the Chicago Cubs starting off into this season was not amazing, I should say. Um, you know, Jack Peterson, who they, you know, they traded you Darvish, um, bring in Zach Davies, you bring in Jack Peterson, um, you sign Jack Peterson, you don't bring him in in the Darvish trade, but you get my drift. Um, you know, you, you know, it's decent signings. Um, we didn't really think much of it. You bring in guys like Trevor Williams, um, Shelby and others. And, and it's just, you know, it is what it is. Um, but Jock did not perform well. Now, the thing is, Jock Peterson had one of the hottest spring training starts in, in a very long time for the Chicago Cubs. And that man was looking like an MVP monster. Now, with that being said, Jock Peterson did get injured. He had a wrist injury, missed quite some time. Um... And then came back and was immediately destroying the league. 
was immediately taking them by storm. He's been doing amazing so far. I mean, the man has just been a complete and absolute monster. So that signing is looking amazing right now. Even though I do miss Kyle Schwarber from time to time, um, you know, it's just it's just great to see, you know, Jack Peterson living up to that hype, that one-year deal, wanting to come to Chicago. You know, the White Sox offered him a, a, a low ball amount of money. Um, he ended up taking less to come to Chicago because he thought he could get more. He ended up not. So that's great for the Cubs. I mean, the White Sox definitely could have used him right now. They're amazing as well. Potentially a cross-town World Series is in the talks right now. Um, we're going to be getting into that in a little bit as well. But, um, yeah, I'm just really excited about this. Jock Peterson was, has been looking amazing. Um, if we're going to look at the stats and we're going to talk about it all together, first of all, we're going, we're going one through nine. We're going to be talking about every player. We're going to be talking about what I think about them and, and everything just going on. And if you don't like that, uh, just fast forward throughout this video, and then we'll be talking about you know what's been going on, um, teams we've swept, teams we've defeated in series, and we're just going to get into all of that. So with that being said, we're going to talk about Jock Peterson currently batting 250 in 2021. Jock Peterson is crushing it right now. Now, 250 isn't that great, but he has nine home runs, 26 RBIs, an OPS of 770. Um, in 174 at-bats. He's looking pretty solid, if I do say so myself. Um, next up, we got Anthony Rizzo, the man, the myth, the legend, the captain himself. He's had some back injuries so far this year, um, but that's nothing out of the ordinary. I mean, you know, it, it's just what happens. Um, you know, the biggest thing about Anthony Rizzo is health and, and that back, and, and we just need to see that from him. And, and just, you know, it's one of those things where he's at that age where it's okay if he misses a few starts because... Chris Bryant, who we're going to be talking about next after Anthony, um, has stepped up immensely, immensely. Um, so far in the season, Anthony Rizzo has seven home runs, batting 267, 29 RBIs, um, four stolen bases, OPS of 813. He's looking pretty solid in 202 at-bats. Um, you know, Still that gold glover that we all know and love. You love to see that from Anthony Rizzo. Um, nothing's really changed. Next up, Chris Bryant. We're going to get into Chris Bryant right now, and I'm going to be the most honest person, not most non-biased person that I can be. Um, I doubted Chris. I doubted Chris because it was one of those things where I said, even if Chris Bryant balls out in 2021, do you resign him? Because it's a contract year. And my thing with Chris Bryant was I felt like he was not unhappy, um, but just unmotivated. You know, after you win the World Series in your second year, um, you win the MVP in your second year. You win the Rookie of the Year in your first. You know, there's just not a lot left to do. And I just felt like he just felt unmotivated. But in all honesty, I had him wrong. I had him wrong the entire time. And I, and I think I need to apologize. Chris Bryant, I'm sorry. Um, I truly do apologize. And my biggest thing and why I'm apologizing isn't because I'm hopping on the Chris Bryant bandwagon. I was always a Chris Bryant supporter. Um, what pissed me off was I just felt like he just wasn't motivated, but I, I didn't look at it as a player's perspective. I looked at it as a fan's perspective, and that was my problem. Um, Chris Bryant had nagging injuries, and someone who's played baseball for years, someone who's been in lacrosse and football, um, you know, even messing around just playing basketball, I've had shoulder injuries. I've had many, um, you know, a, a contusion in my bicep. Um, a messed up shoulder, a collarbone, a shoulder blade, all this stuff is messed up. And, you know, when you're pitching or when you're throwing or batting, that those little nagging injuries, even though how small they can be, changes everything. So the fact that Chris Bryant made it out of the 2020 season rather safely, um, not a lot of huge injuries, nothing major, 
Um, going into the 2021 season, this man just been going off in 220 at-bats. He's batting 300 with 13 home runs, 39 RBIs, three stolen bases with an OPS of 939. The man is just completely crushing baseballs. And might I add, he has officially played every position except pitcher and catcher. Um, the man, which at some point you might as well just let him do. Because, I mean, just to add to the resume, the man has been, I believe it was his first time playing third base in like 50 days or some or something crazy um the other day um he's been in the outfield the majority of the season he's played a lot of first base he's played some second he's played some short he's played some third he's been everywhere um the man's just been insane he's been a utility knife um it's just been completely amazing to see chris bryant be this man we all know he could be especially with his agent being scott boris in a season like this i think he's due for a huge payday unless chris bryant takes you know takes Scott Boris by the balls and says, I want to stay in Chicago no matter what, and takes that pay cut um, to, you know, keep Bryant, keep Rizzo, um, not Bryant, I'm sorry, Baez and Rizzo. Um, but, you know, we'll all see. We're getting ahead of ourselves. We're having conversations we don't need to be having right now. With that being said, next up is Javier Baez. Javier Baez so far this season is doing pretty solid. Um, batting 236, he had some strikeout issues very early on in the season in 212 at-bats. He's had 14 home runs. 40 RBIs, 9 stolen bases with an OPS of 738. Here's my problem with Javier Baez. Um, it's just the facts. The strikeout shit, it's just still there. It's still there. It's nagging. It's annoying. And I love him. I love him to death. He's such El Mago, man. I mean, there's El Mago. There's El Nino in, in, in Fernando Tatis Jr. I mean, that is the future of baseball. Um, unfortunately, you know, Javi has just not found that yet. He's not found that willing to take your walk kind of, you know, aspect of his game. And I think that's, that's his only flaw. That's really his only flaw. The fact that you swing at everything um, is your only flaw. You're just trying to crush it. And I get it. And that's fine. But it's at the point where the pitchers know you are willing to go that high in the strike zone um, or to basically create your own strike zone, which is a, is a fucking brick wall uh, 10 feet higher than the actual strike zone is. Um, and, and that's the craziest part about all of it is, and and the fact of the matter is, you know, once he develops that consciousness to just take his pitch, I think Javier Baez is a top three player in the league. I truly do. And defensively, the man is a gem, um, already has a gold glove from the 2020 season. I mean, we already knew he could play any position in that infield and and completely annihilate you. He can tag you out from anywhere. Um, (laughs) I, the man's just insane. He can do crazy things. So with that being said, I am not upset with Javier Baez's play so far this season. Um, I've been I've been a huge fan of it. Now, next up is Nico Horner, who's currently on the IL, um, which is all good. He had a collision with, I believe it was Ian Happ is the same reason. Um, there might be another. I, I don't remember. But he's currently batting 338 with 25 hits, zero home runs. Um, the man's just completely been dominating in 2021. And might I add, this man is a gold glove level talent. And I've been a fan of him since his days in Stanford when the Chicago Cubs drafted him. I said this kid's going to come up earlier than expected, and he's going to be a huge, huge help, especially with Addison Russell's issues and, and him leaving the team and all that stuff, um, which I believe Addison Russell's playing in Mexico now, if I'm not mistaken, which is fucking insane uh, with Bartello Colon and others. I don't know if they're on the same team, but they're all in Mexico, if I'm not mistaken. Um, which is fucking crazy. He was also in Japan for a while, Addison, that is. Um, but back to back to Nico. 
Nico has just been super stellar. Like this man, you know, a big part of it was, oh, you're worried about losing Baez. You're losing about, you're worried about losing all these guys. But guys like Nico becoming the elite talents that they are, he reminds me so much of a Nick Madrigal. You know, he's not going to hit for power, but that man can hit for contact and play great defense. I mean, that's, that's really a big part of the Chicago Cubs offense that has lacked in recent years, that huge contact hitter. You know, you have all these great, you know, 30-plus home run guys, um, but no real leadoff, no real guy who's just hitting for contact, trying to be the guy. You know what I mean? Everybody's trying to be the guy who hits bombs. But nobody's trying to be that guy who just gets the job done like a Dexter Fowler or, or, or someone along those lines. And not saying that Dexter Fowler was that guy batting 338 because he wasn't. But um, at the leadoff spot, I mean, he was just great. So maybe one day we can find Nico at that spot. Maybe one day you just keep him to clean up because, I mean, that man can hit uh, no matter what. Um, he reminds me a lot of the Nick, Nick Madrigal, like I said, for the White Sox, which, who's also suffered a huge injury. We'll be talking about that in a little bit as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's what I got for Nico Horner. Nico Horner, hopefully he comes back soon. He's only at 74 at-bats, but I mean, I'm really impressed with him so far. Um, he's really killing it. Next up, we got Ian Happ. Ian Happ's been having somewhat of a disappointing season for me. Um, the thing with Ian Happ, he's currently batting 195. He has eight home runs and 33 hits and 169 at-bats. He's just not, he's just, I don't know. I don't know. I love his podcast. Don't get me wrong. The, the Compound Podcast, if I'm not mistaken, with Zach Short and all them. Um, amazing podcast. I've checked it out. You should check it out. Um, he's an amazing individual. He gives back to the community and all that good stuff. You know, artwork, golf, whatever it may be. He's an amazing guy. Um, but his offense has just not been translating. His defense is pretty decent. Um, but, you know, he, you know when, you, when you look at um, Ian Happ, as a prospect, you go, okay, a switch hitting center fielder. That's exactly what the Cubs need right now. Um, and he was just clobbering them from both ends. I mean, he was just killing shit. But the biggest problem for, for Ian right now is I just think he's not developing. And, and that's just, that's just a, my open opinion on it right now. I think he's solid for what he is. Um, I just don't see him being an everyday um, starting outfielder right now. You know what I mean? On a championship team. I think he can definitely be a part of a championship team, but I don't see him being that everyday starting outfielder as of right now. I think there do need to be some things, whether it be his mechanics, whether it be his footwork, whatever it may be, um, I think he needs to work on. But I think it'll be perfectly fine. I think we're going to get through it. Um, and, you know, I, I think he's going to be a great player for years to come. Not saying he can't be an everyday starting outfielder. He definitely can be. Um, I just think there's a lot more that goes into it, and I think he's just still so young, um, and he's got plenty of time to continue to develop. Speaking of someone who's not very young but an amazing outfielder, uh, Jason Hayward, 32 years old now, currently has an OPS of 565, batting 172, four home runs, 13 RBIs, uh, three stolen bases. Jason Hayward is Jason Hayward. You know, he's, he's gonna, always going to be that leader in the clubhouse who made the rain delay speech. He's always going to be that guy who just continues to be great. Um, offensively hasn't been the same since his 2015 days with the Cardinals and the Braves from prior years. Um, but, you know, that's as, as, as expected. You know, you do what you got to do to win that championship. Bring in him, bring in Ben Zobrist, bring in Aroldis Chapman for Gliber Torres. Do, you do what you got to do. Um, and I do that again any day of the week because that man, without him, I, I don't think we win the World Series. Um, that's just me being honest, especially after Kyle Schwarber goes down. Um, only having like Soler and, and Max Scherzer and, and others, it, it, you know what I mean? Anyways, 
Jason's doing his thing. He's continuing to do his thing. He's definitely not useless. Anybody who hates on Jason Hayward does not watch baseball. Um, I love the guy. You're always going to love the guy. Next up, we got someone actually very, very interesting. Um, actually, we're going to save him. We're going to do Wilson Contreras next. Wilson Contreras is one of those guys that I think you know is going to be very interesting in the free agency market, whether the Cubs decide to keep him, whatever happens with that. Currently batting 240 and 192 at-bats, 11 home runs, 26 RBIs, 777 OPS, three stolen bases. Wilson Contreras is an amazing defending uh, catcher. He can throw you out. Um, on the run from anywhere. I mean, whether it's first, second, third, trying to steal home, whatever you're trying to do, Wilson's going to gun you down. That's just the facts. Um, I love Wilson Contreras. I think there's a big part of his game that he hasn't even tapped into yet, and that's the offensive side of things. Um, you know, he has his brother William on Atlanta Braves, and it's, it's awesome. I believe they're the first brother duo to hit a home run on the same day this year. I think that's fucking awesome. That's fucking insane. Um, that it's actually never happened before, but I mean, I guess it makes sense. But, excuse me, um, that's amazing. I love to see that. I love to see Wilson Contreras. I, can, I want him to be a top three catcher in this game. Unfortunately, the way it works nowadays, you know, Yasmani Grandal has a shitty batting average right now. Horrible batting average right now. I think he's like 153, something crazy. Um, but that's not baseball. You know what I mean? That it, it's not the only fundamental thing you got to take into what matters in baseball. But to the every, not the everyday fan, but you know, the casual fan, that's all that matters. That's the first thing they look at. Um, so, you know, batting average, how many home runs you hit, all that matters. They don't even look at war. They don't even look at his defending rates. They don't look at any of that shit. But Wilson Contreras is up there. Yasmani Grandal is the top three catcher in this league. Whether his batting average is great or not, the man takes his walks. The man is on base a lot. Um, I know we're not talking about the White Sox. I'm just saying there's so much more that goes into the catching position than a lot of people think. And Wilson Contreras is one of those guys that can easily be a top five catcher in this league. Um, I think there's just so much more with him to tap into. And I hope we get that burst of Willie that we usually do come July, August, because that's when that man gets hot offensively. That man goes insane. And then all the dick riders on you know, ESPN and stuff start coming on and start talking about him. And, and it is what it is. You know, it comes with the territory. It comes with the, it, with the game. It's just how it is. Um, but next up, we got David Bode, who's currently out with, I believe, a dislocated shoulder or something fucking crazy. I watched it happen. It was sick. Um, only saying that because I've, I've had similar things happen to me with shoulder injuries. So to watch that happen is insane. But, um, in, you know, 2021, 144 at-bats, um, we're looking at five home runs, a 201 batting average and 29 hits, which isn't bad. Um, he's not an everyday starter, but, um, you know, David Bodie is one of those guys who you can rely on, you know, during injuries or what have you. Um, you just love to see it. Now, here's what we're going to talk about right now. This man, the man, the myth, the legend. We're going to have this conversation, and I want everybody to fucking hear me clearly when I say it. Patrick Wisdom is an absolute dog. And I tried to have him on this fucking podcast in March before anybody even knew about him, um, you know, from the casual fans. But, you know, I, I didn't get, be able to get in contact with him, and I'm, I'm so upset about it. Because if I did, ugh, it would have been amazing. Um... But Patrick fucking Wisdom, a war of a 1.3 and 49 at-bats. He has 17 hits, 8 home runs, batting 347. This man is a dog. This man is an animal. How many RBIs does he have? Um, (laughs) 
He has, he has 12 RBIs. He's a dog. This man is going insane. I mean, like, 17 games, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and, like, something crazy. He has over, like, eight home runs. The man is an absolute animal. He plays third base, pinch hitter, and first base. The crazy thing about Patrick Wisdom is he actually originally uh, was the, with the Cardinals. Um, the Cardinals just didn't give him a chance, and then he went to the Texas Rangers. Um, then he came to Chicago in 2020, and then the, the rest is history. But, um... The crazy fucking thing is, it changes everything. If he can continue to do this for the rest of the year at a consistent basis, um, you know, whether it's a fluke year or whether he's tapped into something during a crazy 2020 season, um, who knows? But the best part about it is, you know, say you lose someone like Chris Bryant or, or Anthony Rizzo. Say you lose one of them. You know, God forbid, you know, knock on wood. Um, but... Say you lose one of them. If Patrick Wisdom continues to keep this up, and I'm not saying he is elite. I'm not saying he's top 10 at the position. I'm not saying anything like that. But if he can continue to have at-bats, great at-bats like this, Patrick Wisdom can easily replace one of those guys. Now, he's not going to replace them in our hearts. We're always going to love Anthony Rizzo. We're always going to love Javier Baez, Wilson Contreras, Chris Bryant, etc., etc., um, but, you know, the show must go on. And if Patrick Wisdom can continue to be a reliable source at that p- respective position, whether it's first base, um, pinch hitter, DH, or, or third base, whatever it may be, um, by all means, I'm all for it. And I love Patrick Wisdom. I think he's great. He's great depth for this team. Um, you got other guys like Eric Sovar that we're going to be getting into in a little bit um, that you just love to see, you know, just continue to develop. And I think the biggest part about this for the Cubs right now um, is the fact that we just do not know how much better these guys are going to get because we also have Alcantara, um, like I said, Sogard and others. You know, it's just it's just getting better and better by the moment. And I think we're in for a very, very special treat. Now, um, before we get into the pitchers, I also want to say there's a new member of the Chicago Cubs not a lot of people know about. My good friend, my former teammate on, at Northtown Academy Baseball, um, you know, high school graduate. We spent, you know, the World Series in 2016 together after they won. Um, Jeremiah Paprocki. That is my brother, man. 21 years old. Happy birthday, Jeremiah. He's turn- he turned 22 today. He is now the PA announcer full-time for the Chicago Cubs. Nobody deserves it better than fucking Jeremiah. Jeremiah earned every bit of this. Um, I know we're going off topic, but we're not because it fucking matters and he's a part of the team. And if they, get- if they win a ring, he wins a ring. Um, and without him, no one gets announced. So I don't want to hear it. Um, you're going to listen to this. <laughs> but Jeremiah, man, if you are listening to this, bro, I am so proud of you, bro. Um, I know this episode is going to drop later because I work at Wrigley and I can't post these until the season's over um, because I work there. But um, I'm just I'm so proud of you, brother. And I can't believe not that I can't believe, but I just. It's just all happening so fast for you, and I hope to one day be up there with you, whether it's for the Bears or the Bulls or the Cubs, whatever, or White Sox, wherever I may work, Blackhawks. I, I just hope you know chase that dream the same path you've set, and I'm just so proud of you. Now, next, we're going to be talking about the pitchers. Um, we're going to start off with Kyle Hendricks. Kyle Hendricks had a shitty start to the season. Um, when, I say, when I say shitty starts, I mean it. Like, this man was getting rocked. He has a current ERA of 446. Um, not great in eight game in 13 games pitched eight eight wins four losses he just did not look great throughout the year he's given up a lot of long balls um but he's still dominant you know that change up painting them corners 
he's still that dominant guy you know and love. He's not throwing 95-plus miles an hour, um, but he's doing enough to get the job done. He's a modern-day Greg Maddox, and I think he just had a rough start to the season. You know, he's officially that ace. John Lester is gone. You Darvish is gone. Um, Jake Arrieta is, is in that veteran kind of stage of his career right now, and we're going to be getting into that in a little bit. But Kyle Hendricks has found his way as of late. Um, I'm really happy to see that he's continuing to be successful. Um, you know, we're just going to keep praying, keep hoping that he continues that trajectory and just continues to get better and being that Cy Young candidate in 2016 that he was and that ace that he's been for the last few years. Um, so that's that's pretty much everything I got for Kyle Hendricks. Um, next up, we're going to go with Jake Arrieta. Jake Arrieta has been nothing short of exactly what I expected him to be. Um, with one minor injury, he has a 4.97 ERA in, um, I forget how many games exactly he's pitched. Um, he's pitched 58 innings, 61 hits allowed. Um, you know, he, he's doing his thing. He's doing his thing. Um, there's no doubt about that. Um, you know, I just, I'm really happy we brought back Jake. That's just me personally. I don't know how you guys feel about it. Um, he has 12 games pitched so far, five wins, six losses. He's not that great um, of a stat line to read to you, but the man's just doing his thing. He's great for the playoffs. You understand that. He's not going to be amazing in the regular season, of course, but he's there for experience. He's there for a World Series-minded, a Cy Young champion, two no-hitters thrown. The man can do it whenever he wants to do it. Um, it's just when and where. And I think Jake Arrieta is going to be huge for this playoff push. If there is one, I really don't know um, if we're going to sell or buy or what's going to happen. We're going to get into all that. Um, but that's all I got right now for Jake Arrieta. Going up next, we're going to be talking about who we traded the Cy Young candidate in 2020, Yu Darvish, for Zach Davies of the San Diego Padres, a current Chicago Cub. Let's get into it. So in 13 games pitched, Zach Davies currently has three wins and three losses, which is basically because he hasn't been going that deep in the games. Um, that's his biggest issue right now. I think one of the biggest things is that, you know, he just hasn't been being what he was in 2020. In 2020, if you don't remember, he had a 2.73 ERA in 12 games pitched, seven wins, four losses. I mean, he was doing great. He was a kind of like a Cy Young candidate in his own respected terms on that team. Um, he was that respected ace. Now, with that being said, if he was still currently on that team, he would be nowhere close to being their ace. They would have you Darvish, Blake Snell, et cetera, et cetera. But that's just a fucking super team. My creation, my league, my GM kind of team in, in 2K um, and the show. With that being said, you know, a 445 ERA isn't too bad. Um, it is what it is. I think it's just if he can tap into that 2020 season, um, he can definitely continue to be successful. And and even a 2019 season, a 355, 2017, 390, 2016, 397, 2015, 371, a career 385. I think he's just having a rough go because he's in a new place. I think he's going to settle after the All-Star break and be perfectly fine. I'm pretty happy with Zach Davies so far. I just want him to go a little bit deeper in the innings. Um, next up, we have Trevor Williams. Trevor Williams, unfortunately, I don't know is going to come back. Um, for the rest of the season, the biggest problem with Trevor Williams right now um, is he did just have a surgery. I believe he just had his appendix removed after a surgery, which is scary. Um, knock on wood, that never happens to anybody um, because it, it's not fun. Um, unfortunately, I think he is going to miss the majority of this season recovering from that surgery. Um, so that's very unfortunate. But the, his season stats were pretty solid at home. Uh, 536 ERA. Um, in 2021 in 10 games pitched, three wins, two losses. Um, 
he was pretty good for what he was, you know. Um, there's no doubt about it. I think he's great. I think he's going to be successful in the future. I hope he stays with the Cubs next year. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. And hopefully we get him back next year healthier than ever. Maybe in a deep playoff push this year. I really don't know how long that, you know, timeline really is. Excuse me. Um, but, I mean, whether he's back or not, his presence is there, I believe. And he's a great guy. I've had conversations with him in the past. He's a great individual, um, so I'm really happy he's on this team. Now, next up, we got Abner Alzali. You know, we've, we've spoken with him before. Um, we haven't actually had him officially on the podcast, but we've had conversations. Great individual as well. He's having a decent season. Um, a current 406 ERA in 11 games pitched. Um, four wins, five losses. Adbert is, to say the least, is developing pretty well. He's getting a lot better. His mechanics are getting a lot better. His timing um the jitters you know just everything about being a major league pitcher um is coming together for him and I think you know being that rookie being that young guy is kind of leaving um and by that I mean you're still young but um you're not acting like it you're acting like you belong here and I think that was one of his biggest problems um he just wasn't mentally ready and you know I'm just really excited to continue to see Adbert develop and I hope he gets more playing time because the kid's been dominating um now, yeah, obviously, you know, not I wouldn't say dominating, but he's doing a lot of things better, um, and I and you just love to see that he's developing very well. Um, with that being said, we're going into the next pitcher, uh, Alec Mills. Alec Mills is a weird one. I've seen him close this year. I've seen him in the bullpen. I've seen him start. Uh, Alec Mills is one of those weird ones where, after throwing a no hitter in twenty twenty, you really thought he would be a shoe in fit for a starting position in the starting five rotation, but he hasn't sniffed it yet. Um, you know, he's been in there, you know, from time to time, but it's just the fact of the matter that he, this is just a deep, deep team, and he's currently sitting at a 608 ERA, 13 games pitched, two loss, two wins, zero losses, one save. Um, he's weird. I mean, he's a Swiss Army knife. You can put him anywhere in the pitching position, and he can do it at any time. Ninth inning, sixth, seventh, eighth, um, you know, start, whatever you want, um, but he's going to be there. Um, so I do like that about him. Very versatile, very, very interesting. Um, you don't usually see that generally a lot until someone deeper into their older age. Um, and usually it's just a transition. They don't go back to starting. You know what I mean? Um, Alec is only 29 years old, turning 30 this November on the 30th. Um, it's just weird. It's just a weird situation. Um, I think it'll be fine. I think that's perfectly normal, um, to be experimenting for David Ross, but it's just one of those things where I'm kind of like... Um, I, I just don't know how to take it. I just think it's, it's interesting. It really is. Um, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much all we got for that. Um, I'm really excited about it. We're going to be getting into my favorite conversation about this. Shelby Miller is one of those guys we don't really got to talk about. Um, he had, he did not play much of all or, or nearly at all. Um, one notable candidate, honorable mention is Justin Steele. Justin Steele is a starting pitcher, 11 games pitched so far, two wins, zero losses at 203 ERA. They brought him up from the minors. Um, it's just been amazing to watch him play. And I think Justin Steele is one of those guys for the future, you know, Cole Franklin as well, Braylon Marquez, um, Keegan Thompson and others. I, I, am so excited to continue to see them develop because Cubs starting pitching has been the, one of the main things we've lacked in recent years. Um, and I think it's finally coming together. And I think that's a big part of, you know, what do you want to do this, this off season or not this off season, um, this trade deadline, because you can get a lot of pitching prospects for these guys, man. You can get a lot of young talent. And, and that's one, that's one of the biggest things is you can always find bats, whether it be in free agency, um, you know, international, you find a lot of guys like that. I mean, it's just the craziest fucking things. 
you know, Luis Robert, um, Fernando Tatis Jr. and others, you know, all found internationally. And, and that's one of the biggest problems is that, you know, you got to have great scouting guys that find these guys um, and, and give the opportunities to them because they're out there. Um, so you could always find offense, but pitching is hard to come by. I mean, you got a lefty like Braylon Marquez pumping over 103 miles per hour on a consistent basis. Um, you know, Cole Franklin just being disgusting with his pitches. I mean, the man's developing like a beast. Um, and then you got other guys, you know, like Justin Steele and, and, and so on and so forth. It's just looking really good, and I'm really excited about this. But this is not the most exciting part about this conversation for the pitching right now. We're going to be talking about the reliever of the month in Ryan Tapera. Ryan Tapera has been an absolute dog for the Chicago Cubs so far this season with a 2.08 ERA, 30 games pitched, one save. The man has been a beast, no doubt about it. Um, you love to see that. Next up, we're going to be talking about the sheriff, the man himself, um, Andrew Chafin, man. Andrew Chafin has been nothing short of amazing as well. He's been completely dominant. He has a 1.91 ERA, 30 games pitched, um, one loss, um, zero saves, zero wins. He's just been an absolute beast. You love him. You can't not, you can't not love him. The stash, the curls, the man is an absolute animal. Um, and I just love to see it. He wears the failed starter shirts all the times. All the time, I should say, um, pardon me, but um, you, you just love to see that, and, and it's just been completely dominant from Andrew Chafin and none other than, um, <laughs> you know, every and Craig Kimball. Craig Kimball has been astounding. I mean, this contract, he's finally living up to that contract, a 0.68 ERA with 17 saves. Um, the man has only allowed 10 hits and 26.1 innings pitched, five runs, 17 saves, like I said. Um, 27 games played, you know, one win, two losses. I mean, the man's just been completely dominant, and you love to see that. That's something we've been waiting to see out of Craig ever since we signed him in, I believe, mid-season 2018, 2019. Um, yeah, no, 2019. It was definitely 2019 um, because I was working at Mariano's. <laughs> um, but uh, anyways, Craig has just been amazing. You know, I believe his contract is up at the end of the year, so you got to find out what you want to do with that mid-season because, like I said, for a Rollish Chapman, you got Gly- you gave up Gliber Torres. So you could get someone like a Gliber Torres for Craig Kimball. If you get my drift, you, like there's so much we could do if we sell at the end of this season. I mean, or uh, by this midseason. And that's the hardest part about it, is this team is so fucking good. But man, you could get so much for the future if you just give it up. Um, so it's, it, we're going to get into that conversation next. Um, we're going to talk about a couple more relievers real quick. Um, and then we're going to get into that because I am very excited to next up. We're going to be talking about Dylan Maples. Dylan Maples with that nasty slider is continuing to progress a 2.08 ERA, 17 games pitched, zeros across the board and wins, losses and saves. Um, I, I the slider is just nasty. His control is looking amazing. Um, he's just looking a lot better. Joe Madden was right when he said he had faith in Dylan Maples. He just wasn't sure when it would all come together for him. And I think it finally has. And I think a big part of that is due to David Ross and, and his team and that he's put together. And you just love to see it. Um, him and Jed have created something great in the last two-year span. Um, give props to Theo Epstein as well because he was there last year. Um, you know, in those final moments, bringing in David Ross and et cetera, et cetera. But... Um, I mean, it's just been it's just been astounding. It's just been so much fun. The bullpen is definitely top three, if not my favorite bullpen in the MLB, which we have not fucking said in I don't even know how long. Because until you know, let's say the Arolis Chapman trade, 
the Cubs 2016 bullpen wasn't that great either. They were good, but they weren't great. Bringing in a Rollis Chapman set them over uh, over the hump and brought them in. Usually midseason, you have to do a type of trade like that. Um, right now, for the Cubs, and we're going to get into it, whether they should buy or sell. Right now, we're going to talk about the buying aspect. What do I think? If we are going all in on the 2021 season, here's what needs to happen. Now, let's take a review of what's already happened so far. Um, we have swept the San Diego Padres. Slam Diego has been swept in Wrigley Field. I was there for one of the games. You know, Patrick Wisdom hits two home runs. Javier Baez hits two home runs. Chris Bryant hits a home run. Fernando Tatis hits a home run. And it's going back and forth the entire game. The Cubs destroy them. They sweep them. Then they, that was um, later on in the season. Earlier on in the season, I was at the Dodgers game working it. Um, we sweep the Dodgers. We have swept the defending champs. Then we go to New York and we sweep the Mets, if I'm not mistaken. We sweep the Mets. We sweep Francisco Lindor, Pete Alonso, Jacob DeGrom, Noah Syndergaard, and, and so many others. We sweep them. We sweep them again. Now today, today we are currently in the position to sweep the St. Louis Cardinals after adding Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt and others. I mean, we're just on a roll. The St. Louis Cardinals thought they had the division in the bag. The Chicago Cubs are currently sitting in first right now. Um, and with this win today... Um, if they currently win, they are currently winning 2-0 to zero in the top of the 7th. They could potentially, potentially take the fattest lead they have so far in the season and be 38-27, and 27, tied for first with the uh, Milwaukee Brewers, who are still fighting for a playoff spot. It goes um, in no particular order for first or second. Cubs, Brewers, Reds at 32-31, and 31, Cardinals at 32-32, and 32, could be 32-33 and 33 by the end of this game if we win. Um, and the and the Pirates at 23 and 41. Jesus Christ. Um, same old Pirates. But, um, you know, the Cubs are on this road and on this path to completely destroy the fucking league. You are, you know, the only team that really gave them a hard time. Now, the Cubs won like 9 of 11 games. Um, they were sweeping motherfuckers left and right. And, that, and that's the craziest part. Um, it, it, to me, at least, to me, I think the Cubs are the best team in the NL right now. Um, the biggest problem, in my opinion, was the fact that when we played the uh, the 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 Giants, it was a little tough. You know, we lost two to seven, five to eight, and then three to four. Um, and then we did end up taking one out of the four games. We won four to three. But I mean, the Giants are just a sneaky team. But for me, they're not experienced enough. They're not war tested in October. To have that energy. I think we de- it's definitely concerning. I'm not going to undermine them. I'm not going to undercut what they're doing. They're an amazing team. Do not get me wrong. Do not be fooled. Um, there is no doubt in my mind that I think the Pirates... Or not the Pirates. I'm sorry. The Giants are real. Currently the first team to win 40 games. They are 40 and 25. Um, there is no doubt in my mind that they are legit. The biggest problem about them is I just think... Outside of like Buster Posey and a couple others. They're just not war tested. And I think, you know... Going deep into this postseason, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard for them to go against guys like the Cubs, the Braves, the Dodgers, the Padres, so the Mets, potentially. Um, the Milwaukee Brewers even have had you know experience in that. Um, you know, There's just a lot that goes into it, and we need to see what's going to happen with that. So I'm really excited to see it. That was really our, my only flaw going into it is that we have to figure out what's going on with the Giants. You know, We had just won 9 out of 11 games. We are exhausted. Anthony Rizzo was injured for quite some time. Javier Baez was injured. Nico Horner, Jason Hayward, uh, Trevor Williams, um, you know, and so on and so forth. You know, Jake Arrieta was banged up for a little bit as well. I mean, like, we were tired. 
we were tired. I'm not going to make no excuses for that. Um, but it, it was completely understandable to why you dropped some games. You're playing every single day, so it's bound to happen eventually. Unfortunately, it happened to San Francisco, who's actually a really competent team. So I can't be like, oh, well, it's just the Pirates. No, San Diego's legit. Need, um, San Francisco, I mean, is legit. We need to figure that out. Now, what do I expect from the Chicago Cubs going forward, going into the trade deadline after All-Star break and all that? Um, the biggest thing for me right now is the, the last dance and, and, and the 1998 Chicago Bulls. If you don't know about this last dance or the Chicago Bulls or any of the history of that, in 1998, Michael Jordan, you know, the GOAT, um, Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman, Steve Kerr, Tony Kukoc, um, you know, f- f- head coach Hall of Famer Phil Jackson, all of them knew. All of them knew that it was the last dance and that after this season, you know, Phil would be fired. Michael would leave. Scotty would leave. Um, Dennis would leave. You know, whatever Steve and all them decide, Tony decide, they decide. Um, They're basically blowing up the team, whether they went 82-0 or not. And, you know, we're gonna, it's, it's a whole conversation for another day to talk about why that happened um, and the issues with the GM and all that stuff. Um, but that's a that's a different podcast for a different day. But my point is, right now we understand Rizzo, Bryant, Baez, Contreras, um, Craig Kimball, and and others are all free agents. Jock Peterson, you know Jake Arrieta, um, if I'm not mistaken, they're all free agents. <laughs> like we're we're losing the core. Uh, a majority of them will not return. Um, and that World Series championship core of, you know, Rizzo, Baez, Bryant, Contreras, it's, it's scary. It's scary to see who goes and what happens with that. Kyle Hendricks is a part of it as well because if you're losing all those guys anyways and you're selling it and you're selling, Kyle Hendricks is still that ace, that, you know, that Jose Quintana type guy. Um, now, mind you, Jose Quintana is not an ace anymore. Um, but in 2017, he was, but the Sox weren't in a position to win. So they traded him the Cubs. The rest is history. You understand all that. Eloy Cease, blah, blah, blah. Um, with that being said, I fully feel it. I feel, I fully feel it. And I was talking to my boy Adam um, Saleh the other day about it. And I said in 2016, you know, 2015, my dad passed away. Um, biggest Cubs fan I ever met in my life. The, the man, the myth, the legend. You know, he taught me everything I know about the Cubs. He brought me to every game he could. Um, I met so many players because of him. We met Anthony Rizzo, um, Ryan Dempster, and so many others. The biggest thing to me, Cubs are winning, by the way, going into the eighth inning. Um, anyways, but um, the biggest thing to me was, like, I felt that feeling in 2015. I was at the game. They got swept in the NLCS in the playoffs. Um, 04, uh, and they went down 0-4 against the New York Mets, and the Mets uh, advanced to the World Series. And that hurt. But I felt that presence that this young team was ready to go. Bringing in Jason Hayward, Ben Zobris, like I said, later on bringing in Rollis Chapman. It was just huge. Having guys like Miguel Montero and, and those veteran presence leaders that could, they could help mentor these guys. David Ross um, and, and Dexter Fowler and many others. Um, it's just, it was just huge. It was huge for us. And I think we're finally having that again. And it's a different mentality, though. Um, this mentality is kind of... We've underperformed in recent years. We've won a championship together before. Um, this might be the last time we're all together on the same field, wearing the same colors. So let's just dog it out. Let's just do what we do. Um, and, and that's the exact vibe I get. I get that vibe that they're not afraid to fail. Um, they're not afraid, you know, 
to take chances. And Chris Bryant is not afraid to hit fastballs. He is not afraid to do what he does best. And he's swinging like he used to swing. That golf swing that everyone knows and loves and tries to copy is back. And it's killing it. Um, He's fully healthy and we're loving to see it. And everybody's just performing at their best level. Um, And I think a big part of that is David Ross. I said it from the beginning. I think Joe Madden just didn't, didn't ride these guys hard enough. You know what I mean? Practices were not taken fucking seriously. Joe Madden was a joke. Um, don't get me wrong. He did what he did. He was a great manager. One manager of the year, I believe in 2015 or 2016. One of them. Excuse me. And then won a, and then won a World Series in 2016. Two NLCS appearances. Technically three. 2015, 16, and 17. Um, one World Series appearance. You know, I mean, the man was great. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I just don't think he was dynasty great. You know what I mean? Um, he's not one of those Dave Roberts type of guys. Whether they won or not, they still have been in the World Series so many times with the Dodgers. Um, so I think David Ross brings in that element of seriousness and competitiveness that uh, that these guys needed. Um, and when he left in 2016, they lost that kind of role. They lost Dexter Fowler. You lost Miguel Montero um, because of issues. I forgot exactly what went down, but we're not even going to get into it. But... Um, and then you lose David Ross, you lose all these guys, and it's huge. It's huge for the team, and, and there's no doubt about that. Um, you lose big power sluggers like Jorge Soler, who go on to hit over 40 home runs in a season because he's finally able to be a DH. The NL doesn't have a DH, goes to the Royals, and just completely pops off, um, which is very unfortunate. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, guys like Kyle Schwarber after the ACL tear, they looked great in the World Series, but just didn't perform to that level after. Um, I finally feel like we have that with guys like Eric Sogard, Patrick Wisdom, um, and so on and so forth. We're just looking great. I mean, great. And from top to bottom, I think this is the best bench the Cubs have had in years. This is the best bullpen. I think the starters don't need to go that deep in the games. Um, you know, I, I, like I said, Zach Davies did not go deep in the games all year. Um, but he just went seven innings against the fucking Cardinals, who are currently 32 and 32. I mean... Paul Goldschmidt, um, all right, Carlos Martinez has to fucking relax because he just had a stroke on the field, not literally, um, but he's jumping up and down because he struck out Patrick Wisdom, he needs to relax, um, your scoreboard, buddy, anyways, um, my biggest thing right now is, is that we're just too good to sell, um, so if we're not selling, what my perfect kind of thing is, now here's my thing, you don't give up the farm. You can't give up the farm. Um, there's no doubt in my mind that Brennan Davis, Ed Howard, et cetera, et cetera, are the future. Miguel Amaya are the future of this team. Um, now, mind you, if you can give up, you know, lesser guys for the age, go after someone like a Max Serger of the Washington Nationals. I mean, the Washington Nationals would definitely be willing to give him up um, at the position they're in right now. I mean, jeez. Uh, the Washington the Washington Nationals do not look great. They are currently dead last in the NL East, twenty seven and thirty five. Um, they could easily climb back. I mean, you know, the Marlins are twenty nine wins, Braves thirty, Phillies thirty two, and Mets thirty two. But I mean, at this point, um, at, with Max turning thirty seven years old, you know, sometime soon, relatively soon. It's just one of those things where I just think they'd be better off if they just traded him for as many prospects as they can get, whether those prospects are top-notch or not. You're still getting something better than what Max currently is. Um, And I think it would definitely benefit the Cubs as well. I think you're one starter away. And it hurts because I know we had you, Darvish. And I know everyone's going to say, 
Oh, well, Jed shouldn't have got rid of him. No, he still should have because then we got, you know, Jock, and then we got other guys, you know, with Zach Davies. Um, you got that contract off the books for years further. I mean, you really don't know. You know, it, baseball is just a, such, such a tricky thing. Um, yeah, I'm Max Scherzer, July 27th, will be turning 37 years old. He currently has an ERA of 221. Demands that you're going to have to fucking give up prospects. Man, this is hard. Um... But, yeah, I, Max Serger is one of my biggest assets right now that I think the Cubs need to go after. And I don't know if it will ever go down. I don't know if it, it's even in question, um, if they'd even be willing to part ways with him. But if they're willing to part ways with Bryce Harper, there's no doubt in my mind that they'd be willing to part ways with Max Serger. Um, but I think that's one of the biggest things we need to be looking at right now is just one more starting pitcher. Mainly because Trevor Williams went down. Um, pretty sure he's out for the year, but you know, it is what it is. Jake Arrieta, not really knowing what you have in that because of injuries, but, um, you know, it's just, it's really, really going to need, going to need that one last starter to just make that big three headed monster pop. Because if Zach Davies can return to his old form, um, you know, you have Kyle Hendricks, Max Serger, you know, Zach Davies, Jake Arrieta, who knowing what he can do. And then you have Albert Alzali, you know, Alec Mills, um, Justin Steele, I mean, could easily steal that spot. See what I did there. Um, but it's just one of those things where I think we're in such a good position um, that I'm just very excited for it. And I think it can definitely be something special in the works. Um, I doubt you get someone like a Noah Sindergaard. I really do. It's just 50-50 with that. I mean, you could take the chance. You really could. Um, but I think they'd be asking for a lot more because he's younger. So I think Max is our best bet, even though he has a better ERA. He's top notch right now. Um, honestly, what would I give up? I wouldn't touch, I wouldn't touch Miguel Amaya. I wouldn't touch Brennan Davis. I wouldn't touch Cole Franklin, Braylon Marquez, um, or, or Ed Howard or anything like that. I think you would just have to give a bundle, um, keeping it, keeping it a buck. I'm not saying, you know, I, you really don't know what these guys are going to become, but whatever you got for Darvish, I would throw right back in for Max Serger. And I don't think anybody would be too upset about it. Um, I really don't. Um, if that means we're getting a World Series. Now, with that being said, do I think that's realistic? Not really, but I mean, it's definitely possible. There are some really young talents in that. Um, and it does fit their timeline for when they'll probably be contending at a serious level again. Um, but we'll see. You know what I mean? Um, now, if we're, if we're selling. Here's my thing about if we're selling. If we're selling, the, you know... At the trade deadline, not the team, at the trade deadline, you can just get so much. You can get so much. I mean, this team is so good already in the farm system. Um, but, I mean, if you just sold these guys. I mean, let's let's talk about the Cubs' top prospects right now from top to bottom. Braylon Marquez, um, estimated time of arrival, 2021. Obviously, that's not happening, at least as of not right now. Brennan Davis in 2022. Miguel Amaya, 2021, probably not happening. Christian Hernandez, um, 2025, probably going to happen a lot sooner. Um, he's a young kid, but I think he's a dog. He's definitely got that energy. Um, Ed Howard, 2024. Cole Franklin, 2023. Christopher Morel, uh, 2022. Ryan Jensen, 2022. Chase Strumpf, um, 2022. Reginald Persado, that's who we got for you, Darvish, uh, 2024. Those are the top 10 guys. Mind you, We'd be, we'd be keeping all of these guys. You already have those guys right there lined up. You also have Justin Steele as still a prospect. Nico Horner still somewhat of a prospect because they haven't been playing that long. You know, um, Ian Happ still on that rookie deal for quite some time. 
it's going to be one of those things where I really do think this team, if they sold, you know, Chris Bryant at his highest level of baseball he's played in such a long time, um, Kyle Hendricks, who's still an ace, you know, Wilson Contreras, one of those top catchers in the league, um, you know, Javier Baez, you already know what you have in him. We're not even going to get into that. Uh, absolute beast. Um, Jock Peterson, completely crushing it on a one-year deal. A rental, be great. Um, Craig Kimbrell, like I said, you got Gliber Torres for all this chat, and Craig Kimbrell's at an even higher level ERA-wise than that. Um, one of the greatest closers in MLB history. You got to take a chance on him. You'd be getting someone great back if you play your cards right. Anthony Rizzo, God forbid we ever trade Anthony Rizzo because I know I love our captain, but if it is what it is, if, if, it's go, if we're clearing house completely, it is what it is. Um, you know, you also got guys like Patrick Wisdom, like I said, have continued to develop the way they are um, and continue these strides. We have something special in that, and you'd be getting so many prospects back that by the time we hit 2024, 2025, we might have been contending since 2023. Um, you know, if we lose all of these guys after this last dance, you know, the Bulls were shit for a long time until Derrick Rose came back. Um, and a main part of that is because they lost everybody at once. They didn't have any core guys staying. They didn't have anybody from the original cast coming back for the most part. Um, and, that, and that's what hurt them pretty much the most. So for me, it's like I kind of don't want to do that. You want to have something going into the next season. And whether that be prospects, you might not have them right away. You might just have David Bodie, Nico Horner, Patrick Wisdom, Ian Happ, Jason Hayward, and, and you know other guys. But by 2022, 2023, all those guys being ready to come up soon, because you're not going to get fresh, young 17-year-olds, um, 18-year-olds, you know what I mean? That, like, like we did in the Darvish trade, you're going to get actual like, legitimate guys um, that have been in the, in, in the system for a while. Um, and by the time those 18-year-olds are old enough to, you know, develop and, and, and come up into this league, you know, those guys that we already got in those deals, they'll be already, you know, be hitting their primes, be hitting those great levels um, by 2025, 2026. I think we'd be on to something really fucking special. And that's just me saying that. I know this is like a, my, my league, my creator, my GM kind of situation. Um, not very realistic to trade every single one of them. But I mean, I'm saying if we're selling, we'd be set. We'd be set. We'd be competing with the White Sox for the next 10 years and the Padres and the Dodgers and whoever may be coming up next because, you know, anybody can change whenever. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's just so, there's so many ways to look at it. Now, here's my personal opinion. Do, would I rather sell all these guys at the deadline and fix the farm system to be the, one of the greatest farm systems in the league in about a one- to two-year time frame or go for one final chip? with these guys right now. And if they walk, they walk. You get nothing for them. Diddly squat. In my honest, non-biased opinion, the GM mindset in me wants to say, you know, just trade these guys away and, and build something special with Jed Hoyer's version of what he wants his team to look like, not the Theo Epstein version of what he wants his team to look like. And then, you know, if they if they lose all these guys, you know, you have, you know, five plus years of rebuilding into what Jed may or may not want. And whether that pans out or not, we wouldn't really know. But if he trades them, we're definitely going to get great guys back. It's not for certain. You know, you never know what you're really going to get in a prospect until you know. Um, 
but it'd be a better chance. Now, here's my thing. That's great. But I love these guys too much. I love that last dance mentality. I love that fuck it, let's ride kind of go. Let's let's just go swing for the fences and and we'll always remember the good times kind of mentality. And even though baseball for the Chicago Cubs would suck if we lost these guys after this season. Because they'd remember, they'd be two-time World Series champions now. Some of them one time, some of them two time. Um, I believe Craig Kimball would be three time. If I'm not, or four. I don't know. No. Three. I think he'd be three. I think he had one with, two with Boston, if I'm not mistaken, and then one with us. Would be this year. Um, but with that being said, you know, a lot of them two-time champions, some of them three, some of them one. Um, it'd be expensive. It'd be very, very fucking expensive. But it's just that. It's just that feeling that you get. It's that feeling that you get that you just know how good you're going to be and how, men- how, how you're going to remember the stories of the 2021 Cubs after a horrible pandemic um, and just doing everything possible to make sure your team is great. And I'm fully on board with it. And and I think going off to win one final World Series with this core after 108 years of not winning a World Series, winning one after years of injury bugs and, and, and you know, horrible, um, I wouldn't say horrible managing, but just underperforming managing from, from Joe Madden, telling these guys that they don't need to be practicing as much, telling them, you know, to take days off and, and to not, you know, be practicing before games, stuff like that. Having David Ross come back in and say, remember who you are kind of mentality. Remember the Titans. Um, and just completely annihilating. Bringing a guy in like a Ben Zobris and Jock Peterson won the World Series the year prior with the Dodgers, just like Ben Zobris did with the Royals in 2015. Goes to the Cubs, back-to-back. Jock's ready, back-to-back. Let's do it. Let's run it. Zach Davies is pissed the fuck off. You know, I was just one on the Padres. You know, you Darvish, Blake Snell, Fernando Tatis, Manny Machado. What the fuck? Prove them wrong. Now we swept them. Um, I, I think this is definitely an opportunity for something special. I think this team is going to be special. Um, and with that being said, that's all I really got for you guys today. We're going to keep talking about Cubs. Like I said, these videos will not be posted until the Cubs season is over. So if you're listening to this right now, uh, did we win the World Series? Did we not? Did we trade these guys? Did we trade for some guys? We don't know. Um, but with that being said, we're rooting all the way no matter what happens till the wheels fall off, baby. Um, Brizzo for life. Um, Baez, Contreras, David Ross, everybody. I'm excited about it. I'm excited to see what happens with the Chicago Cubs. Hope to keep you guys posted. Pretty sure the Cubs are going to win this game. Um, they're going into the ninth inning soon. Yeah, very soon. They got four outs left in this game. Two to zero, Cubs winning. Um, they're about to be 38-27 and 27 if they win this game. Um, I'm very excited about this season. So with that being said, thank you guys for listening. This is Mike Hughes from Mike on the Mic. Peace out. Go Cubs.